Uh, welcome in now David Kay from Baylor Athletic Communications. Uh, I know a little bit blurry-eyed from lack of sleep, but uh, I know your heart is full with <laughs> what this team has accomplished and uh, what, what uh, you know, they've done in the last I want to say the last few days, but really over the course of the season. Yeah, just an unbelievable way to finish what was already an incredible season and just so happy for all of those guys. I mean, the players and the coaches who just put in so much time and effort and obviously just getting to the Final Four, getting to the National Championship game is an incredible accomplishment, but to actually win it and be the one team that goes home feeling just incredible – it's awesome. I don't know any other way to put it. And yeah. it was so cool to come home to Waco yesterday and at the airport. There's all these people there. And, you know, we're in the bubble. Like, we didn't really – you couldn't really get a feel for how excited everyone was when you're stuck in that hotel. Yeah. And it was just so cool to see. Yeah. So, bubble burst on Monday night. Yes. Uh, your wife, Emily, was there <laughs> in Indianapolis. Y'all got to see each other, I'm guessing, after the game? Yeah. So, after the game, they let um, about 200 people. So, it was we were able to get the families of pretty much everyone in the travel party who'd been in the bubble into the convention center, into this one really large room, and they let us just go hug everybody. Yeah. And that was I mean, you hadn't seen your wife in almost four weeks yeah. anyway. And then the first time you see her, you're, you're celebrating yeah. this one national championship. I mean, <laughs> it was just the coolest. And it was it was uh, quite a sight to see, something I'll never forget. And uh, it was really, really cool that some common sense prevailed there. And they said, hey, at this point, these people are all about to go hug their families tomorrow. There's no reason they can't go hug their families tonight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we flew home, it was a huge plane, only 34 people on there, so you're still spread out. You know, we took all the precautions, so I uh, felt like it was something that could be safely done. I'm really glad they let us do it. Yeah, that's cool. And I've, I've thought all along, obviously, uh, of our family with Ty and Megan and two young sons. You know, they hadn't been around their dad at all, you know, for, for nearly a month. And AD's got, you know, two young kids. And uh, AB's got, you know, some young kids also. It's, that's been tough, you know, for those kids and the wives to be away from their husbands. Yeah, especially. And then I saw, you know, AD had a video where his kids came up to the glass at the yes. hotel. Yeah, separated by glass. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like. Oh, the young you feel the worst for the youngest kids right. cuz they they're just they don't understand. Right. Right. And and I know Ty did that as well and he was yeah. like, yeah, we won't be doing that again. That yeah. Was it was tough, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I saw uh also AB as Alvin Brooks the third put out a video his kids were waiting at the curb for him. Oh, really? And then this morning there's a video of his kids running up and jumping into his arms. Oh. And it's just so cool. How great I mean, is that? so cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we we packed, we expected to be gone a long time, but we were gone the max. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the max that it could possibly yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> and just incredible. And, but the bubble worked, didn't it? It did. You know, I mean, the plan by the Big 12 and really all season for the Big 12 and then by the NCAA there in Indianapolis, it worked and we got all the games in. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I don't think that the players who were there would, would complain about the bubble atmosphere. Like, I think that the NCAA did a great job making it as good as you could. Yeah. You know, we weren't stuck in – like, there was this perception that everyone's locked down in the room. Mm-hmm. You're not locked down in your room, okay? Everybody had their own room. Which was great. And then we had a really large team meeting room. We had a basketball goal in there with taped-off court. We had um, six different tables of games set up to play. We had cornhole. You know, so there was – yeah, you're either in your room on your floor or you're down in the meeting room. That's where you are when you're in the hotel. Yeah. But 
there's also opportunities to go over to the convention center and go do some running over at Victory Field, which was a minor league ballpark next to it. I mean, they did what they could, and it really didn't – I mean, it was just being gone was difficult. Yeah. But I don't feel like that being confined to the hotel was all that difficult because of everything the NCAA did to make it comfortable. All of us uh, who work with you know what a great job you do, and uh, everyone in the Big 12, you know, that has regular uh, needs of Baylor material, you know, Baylor basketball material, knows what a good job you can do. But when you get a shout-out on CBS from Jim Nance, hey, that is – that's pretty high cotton. I actually – when I got home and my wife told me about that, and I'd had a a bunch of people text me, and I was like, you know, like, it's also – it's always cool when someone does that for you. But I was like, Jim, that was the national championship game, and it was Jim Nance. Yeah, like, I did not exactly. expect that, and that was so cool. He was such a nice guy, and he called me the uh, afternoon of the championship game and just said, hey, I feel like I need a little more. You know, like, I, can we go over a couple guys and just give me some little more detail on a few of these guys? And uh, we talked for, like, 30 minutes, and just, you know, Jim Nance is, like, legendary. Like, yeah. if anyone yeah. had the uh, – I mean, he'd be justified in having ego. Yeah, and yeah, he really true. had none. I yeah. mean, he was he was great. I really enjoyed working with him and all of the CBS crews we worked with. The sideline reporters were awesome, and they all speak so highly of our team because we have such good guys. Yeah, I mean, they all really enjoy being around our team. And Dana Jacobson, I don't know yeah. if you saw, she put out a bunch of stuff on. I mean, you really got the sense that like they, if they had a rooting interest, right. they were rooting for us. Right, right, which they can't do. Right, but uh, you know, personally, you do get that feel. You got to tell everybody the story about the Zoom call. And uh, Bill Raftery and and Macy Oteague. I think it was before the semifinal. Yeah, yeah. So usually we just do a Zoom with the TV folks and the coach. And they said, hey, we want to get Macy O and Jared and Davey on at the same time. So we finish up with coach, get those guys on there. And they're not, you know, it's like 930 at night. And they're like, oh, we got to do something else media-wise. It's like, just get on here. And Maceo sees Bill Raftery yeah. and is like, all right, Mr. Raftery, I'm going to try to bank one in so I can get with a little kiss. <laughs> and before he can even get all those words out, Raftery interrupts and is like, with a little kiss. And he says it his way. And uh, it was cool because Maceo was the one. And, and the other two, Jared and Davion, both were kind of starstruck too. But we're on the Zoom, and it's the broadcast crew. And then they look and they're like – and Maceo's eyes get all wide, and he's like, that's Grant Hill. Grant Hill, and yeah. honestly, I'm not even sure the, that these guys would have known Grant Hill yeah. beforehand, or I might have used that and said, hey, Grant Hill's going to be on here. Right. But it was so cool to see their surprise be like, we're talking to Grant Hill. That's like, great. They, uh, it's, it's, you lose a little sight of that because they're big-time college basketball players, and yeah. you would think – that they're not, but they were starstruck by Grant Hill. That, that cool. is so cool. And you're right about, and you tell this story all the time, how uh, how our guys handle themselves so well and how impressive they are in settings like that, whether it's public interviews mm-hmm. or whether it's a little more you know, secluded private interviews like that. Yeah, they're just great guys. And, I mean, the hotel staff loved our guys oh, wow. because they're always walking by and respectful and, hey, how are you doing today and things like that. And, you know, we, we COVID tested every single day, and the nurses who were in there were just, they, like, were excited for us to come wow. in. Wow. And it just makes me so proud to be part of a program like that where um, we treat people the right way, and and they see, I think it's just such a witness. They see our team is different, and they, you know, that's that's the best. We can yeah. walk out of there, and they go, you know, there's just something different about that team. Yeah. They're special. That's a huge compliment. Uh, Garrett is in the studio. Garrett, uh, you want to jump in with anything for David K here? What was that, J-Mo? Uh Anything for, from you for David? 
David, what was the, I mean, I know you've been juggling a lot of uh, things. What was the most difficult task at hand, uh, you know, throughout this whole process? And I mean, it just, what can you walk me through that? Yeah. So the most difficult thing is, is a having to tell people, no, like there's yeah. times we have to just say, we can't do everything. Um, but I think the most difficult task was the night after the morning after the championship <laughs> game, we had good morning, America, CBS this morning and today's show all lined up consecutively. Yeah. And, you know, we're on all with Coach Drew, or uh, all with people. Jared, okay. and then on today's show, it was Coach and Jared. Okay, and Jared and I and Coach did not sleep before mm. that. Yeah, um, so it was because I mean it's like four four thirty before you can even think about going to bed, and it's like if I go to bed for thirty minutes, this is gonna yeah. be bad. Yeah, and I was so worried about oversleeping too. You know, you can't miss that. Um, so we stayed up, and they were great, and it was so cool to do that. And then Coach at uh, ten o'clock. Uh, got on with first take on ESPN. It was yeah. dealing with Stephen A. Smith and right. happened with him. <laughs> um, but just fighting through the exhaustion of that was really, really tough. Um, but I was able to get a decent night's sleep last night. Could have probably slept for another six hours yeah, if sure. I hadn't had an alarm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, coming off that emotional high and then going, I still got a ton of work to do. Like, you got to get back to it. Uh, that's difficult, but nice problem to have. So now I know that there's conflicting stories out now with with Davion wanting to com, uh, announce his you know, to, to enter the NBA draft. I know there's you know speculation there, but as the as we go forward and Jared starts looking at his future, at Davion is that something where you're going to step in and have to help them as far as NBA teams or scouts calling in, or is that something they do on their own? Um, they do a lot of that on their own. I mean, I'm happy to help however I can. We basically leave it up to them and say how much help do you want. Um, and I talked to Davey on this morning, and he was frustrated because he hasn't made his decision. And uh, it's not really fair for someone to kind of steal that from him. Um, so, But he was very adamant. He's, he isn't even thinking about it. He wants to enjoy this next week, and he said, I'll deal with it after the parade. And so parade's Tuesday, and probably hear something from him shortly after that. But you know, you got to realize these guys, Davion's a four-year college guy. Uh, Jared's a three-year college guy, but he's graduating in May, you know, like, I think realistically, people probably expect him to go pro. They're both projected first-round picks. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have him back. But, you know, put yourself in their shoes. And uh, so I know that Davion hasn't made any decision. And, and I look forward to uh, when he's ready to announce whatever he decides. But, I mean, the guy's proven everything he can prove. He's, yeah. He is elite. And Jared as well. I mean, if they're first-round picks, that's one thing we talk about all the time. If you're a first-round pick, we want you to go. Um, you deserve that. And, you know, if you're a second-round pick and you can improve your stock by staying, we hope you'll do that. But at the end of the day, we want what's best for all these kids. And uh, if if moving on and playing professionally is what's best for you, then by all means, we will support you and we'll celebrate you. Yeah. With that being said, this is the last thing I have. With that being said, how excited are you that now Freddie Gillespie's actually going to get his opportunity to, to, not, to uh, go from the G League to with the Raptors? Yeah, I actually sent him a text earlier and said, hey, man, I know you're getting blown up. Don't reply, but just so happy for you. And he uh, he was there for our semifinal game right. and actually had to leave right. because of his NBA <laughs> obligations. Um, but just so happy for him because that guy works his tail off. And he developed – I mean, don't get me wrong. Coaches play a huge hand in your development. But when he first got to Baylor, I think some of the coaches were looking around going, hmm. or, like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> And he worked on his own in the gym during his sit-out year as a walk-on and just grinded away and got better and better. 
And I've never seen someone improve more than Freddie improved. And it was through his own hard work. You can't coach it. Um, if they don't live in the gym and choose to be in there all the time, there's only so much coaching you can do. And, and Freddie just – he believed in himself. And I think that's the coolest part is uh, it's proven right. Like when he – I, I would have – laughed to myself obviously not in his face but i would have laughed to myself when he was first here if he told me he was going to play in the nba yeah like this this guy's not an nba player and to for him to now get that opportunity and it's and it's one more that another baylor guy that was not a top 100 recruit who's going to play in the nba and i think that just shows you that uh, at some point it's not a fluke uh the player development is real David Kay, our guest, Baylor Athletic Communications, works uh, with men's basketball, but also golf. And you, uh, I said, you need to take some time off. You need to rest. And you, you can't. You're leaving town with golf tomorrow. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> golf is going to the Aggie Invitational, and then I'm taking a few individuals this weekend to a tournament in Huntsville um, at Sam Houston State. And then uh, we'll get into Big 12 tournament here with men's and women's golf soon, and then hopefully regionals and nationals, and both teams doing really well. Um, and it's, I'm excited to get back in with them a little bit more because in basketball season, I just, I, there's just not an ability sure. to be around them much. Sure. Um, particularly when you're in a bubble, there was literally, I couldn't be yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for them. And so we'll be busy, uh, the rest of April and then pretty much all of May, but we'll, we'll take some time off in June. There you go. You have earned it for sure. A uh, couple of final questions. The parade's coming up on Tuesday. We know the basics of that. Any more details on that as of today? Um, I don't know what is finalized that I could share, but I know we are working with a TV partner to broadcast live. Oh, great. Um, and we will have a, uh, a media kind of setup area similar to what was for the women's tournament okay. two years ago. Uh, women's parade two years ago it'll be at the end of the parade route where they can film and we'll have you know we've done this before that's the great thing yeah, about being true. at Baylor is we know what a championship parade is like and so I think it'll be really similar to that and uh, really really excited coach Drew was it was very important to him that it be later in the day so that everyone could have their families there wow that's great and uh, I just think it's I just can't wait to see it yeah. because these guys have worked so hard for it, and it's such a difficult thing to do. I mean, my gosh, he's he, hey, he's got as many national championships now as Bill Self, and Bill Self is a Hall of Fame coach. There's no yeah. disputing that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's some incredible coaches who never do this, and I just you could just sense the relief from him, and and like it, I think he feels validated that uh, he's done it the right way, and and no one you know if you want to be critical of him at this point. Have at it. Yeah, right. You know, like, uh, it's It was just so cool to see. Yeah, very cool. Well, thanks for all your great work. And uh, I, I think that goes without saying, but we'll say it publicly, how, how great a job you have done all year. You had a feeling, didn't you? I mean, you knew this coming off last year. You knew this could be a really good year. Somebody asked me if I expected Final Four National Championship, and I said, I don't know how you expect that. I thought it would be a really good year, and you get in the tournament, and then you see what happens. But you really had an idea, didn't you, that this could be a special year? Oh, I knew this could be a special year, and it's going to be one that's hard to duplicate because yeah. having older, experienced guards like that is really tough to do in college basketball. Most of the time, if they're guys like that, they're going pro earlier. And so it was just kind of the perfect set of circumstances where they didn't get to play in the tournament last year, and that's why some of these guys came back. If they had gotten to play and say, you know, say we get eliminated in the lead eight last year, some of them may have gone and gone yeah, pro. Good point. Um, so yeah, that's where I really wanted to win the Big Twelve is because you control that a little more. Yeah. 
but man, you get to the tournament and and you never know. I don't. I think you said it best. You can't expect a Final Four. Mm-hmm. You can hope for it, mm-hmm. but you know, I was explaining it to somebody. I can't remember who. Um, and they were kind of asking me when the bracket came out, how do you feel about our chances? And I said, look, we're the favorites in our region, but according to this analytic, we have a 40% chance of winning it. Yeah. So it's still more likely than not we're not going to win it, but we're the favorites. So you yeah. like our position, but like, let's be real. This is very, very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, so I had expectation that I thought winning the Big 12 was definitely feasible and so glad they got that monkey off their back. Um, and then after that, I felt like anything after that was gravy. But, of course, we're sitting there in the Elite Eight, and I'm going, man. Let's let's get this one more <laughs> so you can check that other box yes, for Final yes, Four. And, yes, Because this was the first true Final Four. You know, the 18 brackets back in 48 and 50, it's just not the same thing. Right. Um, so to get the first Final Four and then, like, there was no satisfaction. I mean, our team really dominated those two games in the Final Four. Yeah. One by, what, combined 35 points yeah. in two Final Four games. And it's not like it was pulling away late. <laughs> right. It was building big early leads and then just controlling it yeah. the rest of the way. Yeah. And it was impressive. Pretty amazing. Against two teams that were really hot, I mean, Gonzaga undefeated. Yeah. And what, U of H was 13-14, uh, or 14, I think. Yeah, and, and they play really good defense. And so that was one thing that gave me confidence going into all these is every, every time someone would ask me, how do you think we're going to do, I said, I think we're going to play well. You can trust these guys. We're going to play well. And that's what I said going into the title game. These guys are going to play well. Hopefully it's enough. Because you knew Gonzaga, at their absolute best, you felt like if they're at their best, we we may not – our best may not be enough. Um, But I think we – what our guys showed is what they believed all along, that no one's seen our defense. And when we are locked in and playing for each other and and playing – I mean – it's just a sight to see, and you saw Gonzaga just shaking early on. Just, I think it it helped a little bit that UCLA took them to overtime, right? And so it made them seem less invincible, and probably to Gonzaga made them feel less invincible. Yeah. And you could see early on that they lost confidence very quickly, and it was just it was remarkable how quickly the narrative shifted to. Wow, this yeah. Baylor team is the better team. Yeah. Going through the Big 12 helped us, don't you think? Oh, no question. Yeah. I mean, that is an absolute grind. And, you know, having to stop and come back after 21 days off with, like, no practice in there and guys who were actually sick, um, you know, we were, again, perfect storm. Like, if that's going to happen, thank goodness it happened when it did. That's true. Because it gave us enough time to get back to doing what we do. And, you know, I know everyone was stressed out. Those first few games weren't playing well. And you just had to believe that as they got more practice time together, they were going to come back to what they were, and they showed it. I mean, by the end of the year, there's no question they were what they were at the start of the year. And the timing just worked out really, really well to be able to do that. It was just unbelievable. I mean, you look back at this whole year, and it feels like a storybook. And uh, you look at the previous year and the way it ended, and, you know, John Lee Hancock told Coach Drew if we ever won a national championship, he'd make a movie. <laughs> and I'm, I, I Coach joked, Drew held him to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Called I, him out. I joked with uh, somebody the other day. I said, you know, looking back, I almost feel like that's John Lee Hancock's calling dibs on it. Like, at this point, <laughs> this is a movie. Like That's right. I mean, the canceled season and then 21-day pause and playing in a pandemic and all of this, like, it's – I don't think it's going out on a limb to say right. you should make a movie about this. Right. <laughs> um, and some of the stories we have, I mean, Jared Butler's story is incredible. Yeah. 
Um, you know, we got transfer guys. To Macy Oteague, no scholarship offers out of high school. We got Adam Flagler out of Presbyterian. You know, look at Jonathan Chamochachua's journey to Baylor. Um, there's just so many storylines there. I'm, I'm curious to see when that movie happens, what all gets told. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of material there. I, I don't think you're going to have to embellish much. Right, right. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. I know you're uh, you're busy and you're weary, but uh, appreciate it, and thanks for everything. What a great season. Thanks for being there, John. I'm so happy for you and Pat, and I, I loved listening to your call of the final play. And, <laughs> uh, unforgettable experience. Unforgettable. That's a good word for it. David Kay with us, Baylor Athletic Communications.